Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide, and it's just past the 4th of July. I hope everybody's good and had a good weekend. Actually, like a long couple days off, right? Because it was in a weird day. But if you're here on the 5th, you got all your fingers and toes, that'll be good. On the phone with me for the Everyday <laughs> Sniper podcast, <laughs> I have CR2's Chris Roberts, and we wanted to catch up, and everybody's been running around across the country, and... Chris was like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, ah, you know, and getting ready to go to Alaska. And you're, he's like, hey, about podcast. I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. So, Chris, how you doing, man? What's up? Dude, I'm doing really good. And, yes, I actually still do have all my fingers and toes. <laughs> uh, nice. I refrain from lighting anything off personally because uh, I actually had a pretty, pretty crazy experience last year. And after that one, you know, I'm not ready to write off fireworks completely but it was close. I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical. <laughs> we have like, you've been to the house here and everything. It, we were surrounded by fireworks this whole weekend. And like last night we walked out at, well, I mean, plus we've had nasty weather and storms. So in between it's like thunder and lightning, pretty bad and a lot of rain, but we walked out last night and it was like almost 360 degrees. You could see some good fireworks, some local fireworks. And then it was funny. <laughs> so, so Laura, Laura's made a big point of being like, you know, fireworks are illegal here. It's $80,000 fine if you get caught and all that. So everybody's blowing fireworks off. I'm like, what do you think that is? About a million bucks of fines right there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure what the laws are here in Georgia. I know I've been to a few places where, you know, nothing that leaves the ground, you yeah. know, or no, no aerials or whatever. The, but each place is different. We've had so much yeah. rain. We were in that drought mode. We had, you know, they were like mm -hmm. claiming we were like the 1200 year drought. We have had so much rain. It is so wet here. It is so uncharacteristic. The range, the grass is up to my chest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy how much uh, rain we've had and what's going on. And uh, like I said, Chris and I have been bouncing out way. Uh, we've been bouncing out and trying to get some content and playing around with uh, just filming, you know, the shit we do when we show up at the range and playing around. And it's just overgrown like crazy. Yeah, I am. Um, it actually rained. Uh, it's been raining here a ton, too. And it actually rained yesterday, like all up to the party that I was going to. And then it, it rained for a little bit while we were there. So. Like the grass that we were sitting in was was soaking wet, um, well not soaking wet, but it was wet, you know. And then so they're lighting it off in the street in front of us, and it was like, yeah, I mean, there was really no worry of anything catching fire. But yeah, we had an experience where some stuff went firing off into the crowd last year. <laughs> oh and, shit! Uh, yeah, my wife and and myself uh, had to grab like a whole bunch of kids and just kind of take off with them <laughs> because for cover. Like, well, yeah, because it was like, you know, some of the parents that were out there lighting the fireworks off, like, just were oblivious. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they were shocked or what, but it was like, you know, we're standing there like behind a group of kids that are watching these fireworks go off. Next thing you know, the fireworks are firing at the kids, you know, and it's like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know, and so I mean, there were some burns and everything else, but man, it was kind of a traumatic event for a lot of people. Oh, shit. You guys and, got it on video? Uh. I don't know if it's on video or not. I, that would be like honestly, a viral was, one. That would be like a newsy one, and the news would be all over it and be like, oh, look, they wrecked little kids. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, nobody got hurt, hurt, but like there was a couple burns and some scrapes and bruises, and definitely some kids that probably don't want to have anything to do with fireworks for a long period yeah. of time. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I know my youngest wanted to watch the fireworks from inside the living room. <laughs> <laughs> nice, smart. Yeah, that's but that of, was partly that was partly because of noise. Yeah, that was that was that was me last night too. I like I said I walked out for a minute. But the the crazy thing is like I can actually lay in bed and just turn my head and there's a window right there and it bypasses the houses and everything. I could see Denver's fireworks like really well if I laid in bed. But um yeah, who, who Well, is that just cuz you're getting old? No, I didn't, but I yeah. It well, it's it's not that I did, it's just that I could. It's like that convenient, so I'm like agreeing with your daughter that like watching fireworks from inside the house is much more fun and I could actually mm-hmm. lay in bed if I really wanted to. I just I can't bring myself to laying down like that. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> but hey, um wanted to jump in a couple things like Chris and I've been playing around with and this kind of lays into you cuz CR2s you're you're running your your uh cage and selling product and I've been taking advantage of that because your ammo has been much cheaper than most other people with the Nor- mm-hmm. with the Norma 6.5 you're running. But you're also going to be playing some 2.2.3. And we've been playing around with Chris out here, uh, playing around with the 2.2.3 stuff. And so you can kind of, because I guess your 2.2.3 is coming pretty soon. And you mentioned it last time you were on. But yeah. Follow yeah. up. Well, yeah. So, I mean, so to talk about the the... The, the supply cage first. So yeah, we about actually about this time last year is when we opened the supply cage and the supply cage is just the retail arm of CR2 shooting solutions. Um, and I mean, it's got its own domain, its own website. Technically it's the CR2 supply cage. Um, I think people can actually type in the supply cage and it comes up to, it um, did. I, I, I think that's what I did. I think I just wrote supply cage and you guys came up. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought a whole bunch of domains that were all real similar to it because, you know, what people type in and what they mean are not necessarily the same thing. Um, And so that's, you know, it's all part of that search engine optimization. Right. So I found last year it was a kind of awakening that I found people could type in my actual business name into their search bar and not find my business, which I didn't even know was a thing, you know, and then I come to find out like the, the whole search engine optimization is a crazy web of things to learn so anyways i one of the things that i did was buy a couple of domains that were similar to mine so that way people could kind of mess up our name and still end up at the same place but anyways um yeah so we started that about a year ago and it's been growing i mean that's actually probably the biggest arm of our business right now is the retail side of things but we just wanted to kind of offer a place for because we're all people ask us all the time hey what do you recommend what do you guys use? Where should we get it? Um, and we had a lot of connections to the industry from, you know, my time in the military, from my time actually as working as a uh, working for uh, the military as a civilian in the procurement world. So I kind of used a lot of uh, leveraged a lot of those connections and got dealer accounts and things like that and started to offer a lot of those things that you know, we respect or that we use or that we think are good products. I mean, there's other stuff that we haven't necessarily used yet either, but, you know, things that we see commonly used in the industry and, you know, provide those in one space so that way guys could come and we could say, hey, oh, you're coming to a class, but you need a bipod, go to the supply cage. There's one on there. 
you know, and we try to keep our prices very, very competitive, if not cheaper than most places online. Um, and we have, that ammo is one thing that I think that we've been able to be very, very competitive on. I mean, oh, last super. year, yeah, I mean, yeah, super. Last year <laughs> at Christmas time, we were the cheapest place on the market for most of your Norma ammo. You know, um, right now, if we're not the cheapest, we're right there on par with just about everybody. And I and I've had people contact me a couple times like, hey, you know, Jim Bob you know, outfitters and, you know, whatever on ammo seek is a, is a dollar cheaper than you. That might be why they're selling, you know, a little bit more ammo than you. And I always challenge people like, Hey, go on there, you know, put a case in the cart, go through your shipping and right before you click submit, see what your total is. And then, and then figure out if they're cheaper than me, because a lot of times some of those places have like a crazy processing fee so they might be a dollar cheaper per box or something, but they have these crazy processing fees or whatever. That's yeah. how they're getting over on you. No, um, I've been so. using you guys for for the the six five and the normal, even the six five PRC with the normal, because your normal prices have been great. And then you yeah. just had the Fourth of July thing, and you're like Texan. You're like, hey, we we got a deal on Fourth of July. It's like yeah, twenty four dollars a box. Yeah, it's like one forty three. Done. You know, yeah, how, how do you- yeah. They're not that much anymore. We cleared out our entire inventory. I have, yeah, I cleared out, I have more on, on, on order and stuff, but we cleared out, uh, I think we sold over 20 cases, um, in like two days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause it's worth it. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're almost 10 bucks cheaper a box in a way you're like $8 cheaper, mm-hmm. um, for a lot of people out there for anything. And the Norma is really good. Uh, it's, yeah. the, it's the prime stuff. You're one, you're one thirty Norma is exactly the old prime load and you just happen to have the 143 as well which is a great load it's just norma mm. now has more than one offering and, right. and so yeah i mean you're kind of like you've you've replaced prime for me and your numbers are in a good place and and it's not like i'm buying them on the site it's not like you're giving me good guy deal cuz mm-hmm. your no. your site no, you price to, is yeah. still a good guy deal well, right. And, and, and honestly, people, you know, I've had a couple of people, well, you're doing your shipping. It's like, Hey man, I, you're, you're paying what UPS charges. I, I don't, there's no extra fee in there for me. I, I don't generate the shipping. I mean, the shipping's the shipping, you know? Um, it, I can't, I really can't do anything about right, that. The, right. the site generates that, but, um, yeah. And the, and I haven't been, I haven't gotten anybody to officially confirm that the new normal one thirty load is the, old prime load but every indicator that i've seen says if it's not that it's very comparable because it is that 130 golden target bullet it is in that high 2800 feet per second velocity range and that was even out of my my jp gas gun 22 inch jp gas gun i got 20 over 2850 out of that thing which is just cranking in a gas gun i was blown away yeah it's good stuff man and and that's the thing now we were we've been playing around with the 223 what do you guys got going on because you got like some like gucci 223 coming yeah so so i don't you know i don't want to put the card in front of the horse too much and release too much information but we should have a video series up next week with all the details but we're working with a new manufacturer it's not norma um for some 223 offering that we're going to be coming out with um 
there's a there's a smaller manufacturer out of uh, North Carolina. It actually the the guy who owns it was a was a was a sniper student of ours uh, back when we were still sniper instructors, um, and he started a company when he got out, and he has a new casing technology, and it's a casing technology that you and I have talked about on more than one occasion, Frank, um, and he's using it now and. So anybody who's kind of tracked what went on with the 277 Fury and some of these other case and technologies and was wondering, you know, how was SIG going to make that much? How is the, how is the 277 Fury going to be that much of a performer? Now, remember, SIG talked about it. They released that, hey, this 277 Fury was going to be this amazing thing. But then it never it never actually came to the market, right? Right. Well, Part of the reason was is they're still in that government contract thing, you know, that whole government contract vehicle. So they released what they could to the public, but then that was it because they're still in the process of this government contract vehicle. And so essentially what it is is it's, it's new case technology that allows you to crank pressure up. So we all know – I mean guys have been doing it in the hand-loading world forever – you want to make a bullet go faster, you have to create more pressure. How do I create more pressure? I put more powder in there. Well, the problem with that is eventually, if you create too much pressure, something's got to give. So usually the first thing it gives is primers and then cases. And if I go too crazy, what's going to give next? The chamber. The gun. <laughs> the gun, right? Right? Well, so what? The smart people in the you know in the engineering world we're looking at is well what's some other ways that I can increase chamber pressure without blowing guns up and that was in the actual cases themselves so what the what these guys are doing is they're using a new case technology much like what Sig did with the 277 Fury and what some other folks have done in the, in in some other ways on some experimental rounds and um, this is it's tried and true it's not even experimental anymore. Um, and they're they're applying this technology, and um, it's a mass-produced thing. It's not a hand load. It's not small batch. It's it's tens of thousands of rounds being produced at a time. So it's going to be a fa- factory level offering. Um, what bullet are what, what bullet are you guys going to be doing? Seventy-seven grain SMK. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. So tried and true, um, and and they're offering it in brass standard brass. So basically matching your your Federal or your Black Hills kind of standard 77 grain you know that what was it like 2600 and something feet per second out of a 16 inch gun kind of standard Mm -hmm. um but what we're seeing right now um and this is where i I said i want to put the cart in front of the horse but we're seeing almost we're seeing over 2850 we're seeing like 2875 out of a 16 inch gas gun that's crazy good I mean, that's where, that's that's, yeah, I mean, that's because to me, the 22 stuff, just from the Valkyrie experiments and everything we've been doing, and you shoot the Valkyrie too, those yeah. 22s like speed. Yeah. They really do. It's like once you get them up there and they want to be up there with the big guys, once you get them up there, they like totally friggin' rock star. They're just like little bitty lasers. But, you know, when we get them down in that 26 to 2750 where a lot of this factory stuff was settling, that 2750 zone, it's not – it's like uh, – it's, it's doing us a disservice. It's lethargic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, we're good to hear, 
but really we should be good to here and we're not. And it's like, well, we're good to 400. And it's like, well, why are we just good to four? Why aren't we good to eight? And Mm -hmm. it's just because it's too slow and that little light guy kind of just starts to fall apart. Or not, it's not physically fall apart, but you know, it, it starts to slow down enough where the weight yeah. is like not now you're way too light. Mm-hmm. And when you keep it fast, it's like, oh, I'm a happy camper. Absolutely. Well, that's what I said. When they came to me and they said what they were getting for velocity, I was like, you're talking Valkyrie numbers. Yeah. And that was the whole point of the Valkyrie. We right. wanted to maintain a small frame, but we wanted to increase velocity with those 22 caliber projectiles. I was like, so now you're giving me exactly what a Valkyrie was going to give me. But you said, I can keep my standard bolt face. I can keep my standard magazines. I can keep everything. I don't mm-hmm. change anything. I, the, the casing. But you know what? For the end user, the casing doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's a nothing. It's a, it's right. It's a throwaway part. Yeah. Yeah. And in theory, the casing is going to be I guess it would be reloadable. I don't know if your standard reloading equipment is going to be capable of reloading it. So that's that's a question that will probably have to- be hard on dies. But I don't see why you couldn't full size it if you had a pretty yeah, good. I mean, uh, you know, I you probably have to anneal the shit out of it, probably. Right. Um, you know, um, but you know, without releasing too much more information. Right. Right. No, I get yeah. it. And and you know, this is the thing is because like why we're talking too is because because. Like we've been experimenting in the three oh eight and kind of playing the two two three, and we and it's some of the stuff we were looking at uh, in the past, like how to get around, how to do speed drop without doing speed drop, how to do things like that, and so like we've been popping our gas guns out, and and we're just like we're right now we're just collecting data and looking at numbers. And we're kind of playing around with, like, where can this go? And that's why, like, it's like, okay, well, here's a 308, and we know where that goes with that. Here's a 223. Let's look at how that, how we can match that up to this. And we're, and, and the solutions are trying to be, like, you know, a one-gun solution in a multiple-gun environment. Right. And so that's why we want numbers. We want to see these things and the bullets are important and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, we're we're you know, we've been going out and just kind of lightly collecting data. And so that's to me, it's important to, to see this two, two, three and to see the um the uh, what do you call it? The three oh eight and match them up. And now that we're getting better bullets, better powders, better casing and in and, and the ability to kind of push things to where I think is better numbers. To me, like we're 2650 to 2750 is where the world has been. And Mm -hmm. this goes back to the turn of the century stuff, you know, the 78s when we were at that 2550. You know, so we were like 2550. Then we went 2850, or not 28, 2650 rather. So we were at 2550 with the old 30-odd six and the 308 was like 2550. Then we went 2650, Although they brought it down to like twenty five seventy five for the gassers, but then you know now we're up at like a little bit faster again. That twenty seven fifty is where it topped out, and that's like it was good for us. And we're all like, yeah, that's great. Those are good numbers. But now that we're in twenty eight fifty range, six five Creedmoor, we're in twenty eight fifty. You know, if we're playing with these powders and we can get things to the the three oh eight into the twenty eight. It's like there's all this stuff is coming up to the 28s again. 
So we're yeah. finding ways to move from 1970s was 2550, the 90s was 2650. Now we're like at 2750, but we're moving to 28. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what I talked to them about is, you know, after we get these TP3s, you know, completely rolled out and they're they're on the market and selling is is applying the same technology and the casings are already there. The casings are already there. It's just a matter of loading them, but it's taking the same technology and applying it to the 308s. And I've seen it applied to the 308s um, a couple of years ago and it was impressive. But, you know, now if we can, you know, same thing, like you said, if we take the if we take those those 77 grainers. We take them from that 26 range. We push them into the 28s. Now we take those basically the three weights and we do the exact same thing. We take that 175 SMK and we push it out of the, you know, the low 26s and push it up into the 28, 28s. That's, that's a game changer. Yeah. You know? Well, you but know, even you, the, I think the juggernaut is a better way to go. The 185 and our powders and cases are able to, cause like I know with 2000 yeah. MR, I get 2700 with a 185 with no pressure sure. and it's undercharged. If we could do a 185 load, cause that's yeah. a much better, I mean, it's kind of a big a jump, bullet, yeah. right? It's a big mm-hmm. jump. You know what I mean? It's like 168 to 175. It's like, eh, okay, that's not too bad, but going 175 to 185, it's kind of a bigger jump that has mm-hmm. noticeable differences. Yeah. Yeah, and, and no, that, absolutely. Yeah, so if we can kind of go and do the uh, 185 load and replace the 175, now we're putting some some new life back in a 308. Sure, it's going to recoil slow, and, and, and you're kind of softballing it downrange, but at the same time, it's going to be a little bit more accurate, and it's going to push range to probably that from 800 to, you know, 1200 zone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Hey, um, I wanted to jump in because I just we just talking with the electro optical stuff, but you're in with the Garmin, and you actually got some info that was on the hide and was being talked about with Garmin in regard to the um, the Insight Tactical, instinct, 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 tactical. instinct, yeah. instinct, not Insight, instinct. Yes, because like so, everybody knows that you got the Delta, the the six and seven. AB tacticals from Garmin and I you're, you're murdering this Frank no I know but it's it's Delta tactic but it's a seven now it doesn't have yeah, a it, it so was you the tactics Delta and then yeah you have the tactics seven right in the the Delta was the six and the tactics is the seven but they don't have a Delta they don't have an epsilon for it you know what I mean so they're just calling it the tactics seven yeah, but those bigger ones are like fifteen, sixteen hundred bucks for the A, yeah, B, absolutely, and they're the bigger, like almost I don't know the exact number, forty-five to forty-eight millimeter, um, mm-hmm. where the instinct is a little smaller, like a forty-two. Um, well, so yes and no, yes and no. So um, I'm actually going to pull up my spec sheet because this is something that I've been working on for. Um, yeah, at the end of the now. day, this matters because you can do with the instinct what you can do with the tactic. Yeah, yeah. So we just became in the last uh, last couple months a Garmin dealer, which, you know, anybody who's dealt with Garmin, I mean, great company. This isn't a knock on them in any way, shape or form, but it's actually difficult. Um, um, they actually have a pretty, pretty, pretty big vetting process. And it, it, it's been taken the better part of a year to get our 
um, our dealership account going with them. And so one of the things that, you know, we obviously wanted to carry was their, their ballistic models. Um, cause obviously that's the, our customer base right there. And so we, once we got online and we started to get all the stuff and started to get the product in, we started to compare them cause we're like, okay, well, you know, what, why would you want one model versus another model versus another model if they are all AV capable, right? You know, cause I figured that's something that people are going to ask us, you know, why do I need to step up? these hundreds of dollars, you know, from, from this model to this model to this model. And so, um, that's something I dug into and I, I do have those answers. Um, and so, yeah, we've been rolling out a video series. I uh, haven't got up into the Delta seven or the Delta and the tactics seven yet. Um, but we can, yeah, we can go over some of that stuff. So, um, the instinct, so there's two, there's two versions of the instinct two X or sorry, the instinct Two solar tactical. It's kind of a long name. Um, but you have the Instinct 2X and the Instinct 2. Now, the Instinct 2 is not AB capable, um, and that's going to be the smaller one. It's a 45 millimeter, um, not AB cap, uh, not AB capable, but it has all the other stuff in there. But from a ballistic computer standpoint, it's not that. It's not that. It doesn't have those capabilities. We might as well just not talk about it, right? Um, and so that's the first thing. And I want people to realize that we already talked about it in one of our video series. Um, and a lot of people who carry the one that is AV capable are going to carry the other one too. Um, and so that's something to know that if you want an AV capable instinct, you need to get the two X. Um, the other thing that's going to differentiate those two is the size. So you want the two X tactical, not the two tactical. Um, and the two X is a 50 millimeter. It's a 50 millimeter, not a 45. Um, so it is a little bit bigger. It's going to be near the same size as the deltas and the sevens, but it's not quite as big. Um, and so then the deltas are going to be a 51 millimeter. I know not a big difference there. Um, and so is the, uh, and so is the tactics seven, the tactics Delta and the seven are virtually the same watch from the outside. Um, but it's just touch screen is uh, the seven. You can touch the screen and move it where the other one you yeah. have to button push. Yeah. So there's a couple, there's a couple differences. Big, the biggest differences is going to be the touch screen. Yes. Um, there's going to be uh, a little bit of weight. So the tactics seven is going to be lighter than the tactics Delta. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're going to have battery capability. So the battery is better on the tactics seven than the Delta. And then, um, which they're all, have. I've run them on the road, and I was able to go with the solar for 38 days mm -hmm. um, running the watch without charging it. So I went and tried to run it as hard as I could. Now, that was on a Delta. I haven't run the 7 all the way through until it was dead um, just because my road yeah. trips are shorter. But, um, yeah, I've, I've gone 38 days off of my Garmin w without charging. Yeah. And then, and then the, the seven, um, you're going to be able to sh uh, stream music and then it has the multi-frequency, um, positioning for the GPS, um, which is going to be one of the biggest, biggest differences between the seven and the, um, and the tactics Delta. Other than that, they're going to be pretty much spec for spec, the same watch. Um, as far as I can tell at this point, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, still digging through all those differences, um, 
So you know, go on that with that tactical, that 2X tactical now. If you put it, it has AB. If you turn it on, it's almost half price. Yeah, so it, it, I mean, it's yeah, it's pretty much literally half price. So yeah, that watch base model um, with without the AB in it is four ninety nine. Um, the two X tactical and the Instinct two X tactical is four ninety nine. So no ballistic computer capability. It's four ninety nine. Um, that's going to be a GPS watch. It's going to be you know full Garmin everything. So it's going to have all the apps, the pay services, the you know. Um, all that stuff is in the tactical line. So it has the kill switch. It has the stealth mode. It has, you know, um, all the, a lot of, a lot of those like tactical E feature features. Um, it is a little bit lower quality watch than maybe a tactics. So, you know, it doesn't have the metal bezel It is a little bit more plasticky, um, things like that. It's still a nice watch by all means, but it's not quite as robust. Um, it has a great battery life. It actually has a better battery life than the other two by far, um, by far. It, uh, and, um, it is a solar watch too. So that's nice. But if you put the AB on it, there's two options. You can go AB light. So just like with the, um, with the SIG Binos. So you know how like the, the three K's mm-hmm. versus the 10 K's. So three K's, you know, not matched up to a, match up to a, to a Kestrel, you could go to like 800 or something, you know, with the AV light. And if you wanted to go past it, you had to match them up to a Kestrel. Well, these don't match up to a Kestrel or pair up to a Kestrel because those are competing companies. Um, Kestrel and Garmin, that is. But it can do like 800 and something with the AV light. Um, and there's a couple other features. I can, I can actually uh, probably pull that up for you guys. But um, there's a couple other features that are, are not going to be there. Um, like, uh, I don't know, a couple of like yeah, range card and stuff. It's got some of the, yeah, yeah it's, it's the same thing like the sportsman versus yeah, the full, the right. Yeah. So you lose some of the, some of the extra features and how many guns you can store mm-hmm. in, in that, mm-hmm. but it still works great. And, and just so everybody knows, the only thing the Garmin doesn't do on its own is temperature. And you can get a Tempe and connect a Tempe to it, or you can yep. manually input a temperature range and, and do it. But the Garmin has all the weather. So like you're saying, it competes with a Kestrel. You yep. don't necessarily need a Kestrel. And for like 29 bucks, if you attach it to your gear, you get a Tempe. And yep. Um, yep, totally. it, it, it does the temp for you. And mm-hmm. even like the Calypso and the stuff, the wind meters are going to start to connect my uh, Vectronics connects. So there's ways of making the Garmin watch every bit of the Kestrel and just on your wrist. Yeah, so I actually, I don't have too many details. I don't know if I was supposed to know. Um, and I think Big Jim maybe kind of alluded to it in the podcast. I actually still have like another 20 minutes of your guys' podcast. I was, I was listening to it the other day. Um, I'm not sure if it was what he was alluding to or not, but Garmin may have their own coming out soon. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Um, um, that's going to be super compact and everything. I mean, and they may be working with the bros over there at AB from what I hear. So I don't know all the details behind it. That's about all I know. But I think it's going to be very competitive to some of the other. 
Yeah, because that, like, because that Calypso, so I don't know. Well, because that it might be because that Calypso is going to detach. And honestly, years ago, I had somebody come up to me through the um the the uh, Patagonia. They wanted to make a a, a Kestrel replacement, and I had run into a couple venture people at Shot Show, but at the end of the day. They were small venture and little bit of money. They didn't want to compete against Kestrel. But if you get a Garmin who has that deep pockets, you can totally make some pretty nice stuff, especially today because the Kestrel hasn't changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that has some really Gucci fucking features to it and can still be yeah. bulletproof. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, so going back to the instinct, though, if, if you want to go to Elite, uh, it's three hundred dollars, and you know part of part of their their kind of framework of, of apps and stuff that they have. Um, so when you get the watches, you know you download the Garmin app to put all your you know your junk on there. But also there is an AB Synapse Garmin app. Okay, um, so if you want to put AB on that watch. Or if you had one of the Tactics Deltas or Tactics Sevens and you wanted to control ABs, so rather than thumb, you know, finger fucking it, you know, up, down, left, right, enter um, through the buttons, you download the AB Synapse app, connect it to your watch, and that would be how you would load profiles and stuff. Well, in the case of the Instinct, since it doesn't have the AB turned on or whatever, you connect it to the AB Synapse app, and it's going to prompt you to pay for. And you, so you the, buy the upgrade, and it'll yeah. ju- it'll juice your watch up, now, which is nice. And yep. the Synapse, I have it, is, is an easy app to use, and it loads it. Yeah, um, like any loader. It's like any Kestrel any loader. Those, yeah, any loader. Yeah, Kestrel, AB, any of those apps that have been that are, use applied ballistics. The same guys who program all those applied ballistics apps for any of the you know shit. Any of them. It's all the same guys. Yeah, Nick. So matter of fact, Nick just sent me a message like saying, you know, he listened to the Jim Fish one. Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah. Yep. So I, I, I talked to them guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Nick is the one I've been talking to. So when I got the, you know, I've, been, I've known Nick for years back to my, my procurement days. Um, but yeah, when I got into the Garmin stuff, when, when, well, shit, when I was doing my bino reviews on those laser range running binos, I was talking to Nick about them. But then when I was, um, doing, you know, digging into this Garmin stuff, I was hitting him up because, you know, he's the one who programmed all these freaking watches. Right. So, you know, talking to, talking to Nick about all these things and looking at their features and, and all that stuff. So yeah, absolutely. No, that's um, cool. And so, yeah, so you can basically, like you're saying, so half price, you can load a B into the Garmin watch into the cheaper. And so you're not paying the 15, 1600 bucks for the, uh, the tactics. You can get the yeah, instinct. So, so for you're eight. at 800 bucks, you know, you're at 800 bucks for that. You know, you're at $1,400 for the Delta and you're at, um, let's see here, you're at sixteen hundred dollars for the Tactics Seven. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I have had guys that were like, "Oh, I was going to get the two X, but you know, at eight hundred dollars, I might as well go up to." It. And I'm like, "Well, I don't see how you made that jump as a I might as well, but um, you know, okay, sure, uh, if you want the nicer watch, of course, get the nicer watch, but." You know, yeah, and then you're talking hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So, and just yeah, for the the 
the LE slash mill guys, and you have the 901 now, replaced the 701, different screen, flatter, looks a lot different than the old 701. Yeah. Yeah, so it's got it's got better GPS than it did before. You got the multi-frequency GPS. You got the flatter screen. You got a, a better screen. Than you did, or it's flatter. It's thinner. Uh, it's a better screen than it was. Um, way better battery life than it did before. Um, it, 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 it syncs to the in-reach system. So it doesn't have in-reach on board, but it does connect to their new in-reach system. Um, so if you have one of those in-reach um, devices, you can connect to it so that way you can use all that uh, – that uh, emergency in-reach stuff. Um, it will connect to the AV Synapse um, app, so you can, you know, you have all of your uh, your AV capability on there. Um, it's super light, you know. That one's really nice. It, it's real basic, as you know, because it's not it's not a full-on watch, so you don't get some of the niceties like a real nice band or anything like that. It just kind of has the nylon with the Velcro attachment. Um, but yeah, we have those two. That's now, and that's going to be so. It's at base price, it's five ninety nine. So it's a little bit more than the Instinct, but it already has AB on it. So right. if you don't need a full on watch, if you just need the AB capability, maybe a navigation, because that's what it is. It, it, they call it a navigation. Um, uh, oh gosh, I can't even think of it now. But it, it, it's not. They don't. They don't call it a watch. They right, right. It it's not. Device. And 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 how, how do you think it would work for like a like as a armbar replacement with your data on there? Is, do you so th- I think that's I think that's really what a lot of guys are looking at that for. Well, and that's is, what I was looking at as far as basically as an instructor. My, my I never use my watch on the on the line, but there's data there that I would access, and it's like okay, let me pull my sleeves back four different times to get at my watch. Yes, and mm-hmm. and this putting it on top, I'm almost wondering if having the data. Uh, at my fingertips would be a little bit easier than using uh, the. I think it'd be great. I, I know I've actually used my watch. So like at the NRL hunters and stuff, I'll come, I've done, I've done it where I take my binos, I've ranged my targets. Then I've got my data right there on my watch and I'll go through my, I'll go through my, sh- my shot process on my different targets, looking at my watch, getting my data. If it, if I had a bigger display, like you get with a 901, that would have been awesome. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it's gonna it's it's gonna hold your sleeve back better. It's gonna give you a bigger display that's easier to see than the watches are. Yeah, um, it's easier I to mean, manipulate I, through the screens. You don't I've have used you don't my have watch. buttons on the side. You have them underneath. You know. Yeah. Um. So they're easier to get to. Um. From you know when you're in the prone and stuff, I think it'd be great. Uh, yeah, because I've used my watch 100 percent at gunsight, and mm-hmm. it works great. And you in the in the brighter the sun, the easier it is to read. I would rather tap it with my laser, flip my witch, uh, wrist, yeah, witch, flip my wrist and have the number, just dial it up and go, then have to like dig through or do other stuff. So to me, it's like laser, wrist, data, and I'm done. So yeah. I'm, I'm almost, just because it is cheaper and because yeah. I'm on the gun so much and doing the stuff we're doing, I, it does, I'm, I'm kind of like, ooh, the 901 looks pretty and good. I, and I think that's where the 901 is going to be, from that standpoint, going to be better than in the watches because there's less menus to possibly get lost in. Yeah. So if you did bump it out of the screen of your AD, it's going to be easier to get back into it. Where the watches, since they are watches, they have, you know, they have their fitness stuff, they have, you know, mm-hmm. your navigation, you have everything else where if you got too far out of the screen, get back to it on the clock, it's going to be, a little bit, a little bit more cumbersome. Yeah. Um, unless you're just really, really versed with it. Whereas with the 901, like you're really only going to be in the, a, you're going to be in the the ballistic solver, or you're going to be in the navigation. Um, 
So getting back to where you know where you meant to be is going to be a little easier. Not to mention, like I said, the position of the bu- of the buttons. You know, with the watch, your position of your buttons are on the sides. You know, so it's on the on your hand side or it's on you know your arm side. Where the buttons on the nine hundred one are, you know, they're on the bottom. And so I think you're less likely to bump those um, as you're moving in and out of position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, that's good. Um, the Garmin's nice stuff, and I'm a big fan of the Garmin. You know, world. I run a mm-hmm. lot of their watches and, and and stuff like that. So I. I and do. they sync. They sync real nice with like the Sig Binos, the Vortex mm-hmm. Binos, the Vectronics, and things like that. They're all built to work with those platforms really well. And so, yeah, you're lasing your targets, and it's it's populating right there on your watch. Totally, totally, very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So, what else you guys got? Well, um, you know, what I'm going to ask you too. Did you uh, did Chad ever finish pictures from um, Cameo? Uh. I got to go back and check. I think pictures might be done. Um, I mean, not to put too much of his business out there. Chad's, Chad's, Chad's been ill. Oh, ha- uh, oh okay. Then, yeah, never yeah. mind. I didn't know. I just, I was like, oh, I didn't notice the picture. So I thought I'd be, I'd ask you. But if he's got personal issues, then we don't have to get into yeah, that. Yeah. No. Nah, yeah. No, nah, he hasn't been able to. He, he was supposed to be down. We're running on a course this weekend. He was supposed to be down here with him. He's not going to be able to make it. So, um, yeah, we got some we got some projects that are still still waiting to be buttoned up. Um, I'm not sure about that. I know I've seen the pictures, but I don't know if they I don't know if, if they were edited. Yeah, they, you probably saw the raws instead of the edits and all that. So mm-hmm. no worries. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just wondering because yeah. I like I said I'm playing with that stuff with Chris. I gotta go. I just looked at it. I got I moved the video or audio from one place to another and. It needs an adjustment, and it was clipping a bit. I was like, mother, so mad because, like, the videos are coming out good. It's like we're getting these elements because I'm, I'm redoing my gear. And so I went from, like, this one thing where I broke some cameras. I broke some stuff. So then I kind of went to Canon. But I never had, because I moved, I never had the Canon set up the way I did with my other stuff. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm kind of getting back in with Chris and we're doing the videos and I'm jumping in with the cannons, it's like I'm learning the, the the quirks of the damn system. And it's like, okay, let me plug in my audio here. It's like, okay, that's giving me this many channels. I don't need that. I want this. So then we did video yesterday, plugged it into where I wanted it, and now I just put it in this morning before you called. And it's like just clipping just enough. I'm like, God damn it, I got to adjust that now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I, I could feel for – like Chad was doing all that kind of work and stuff. And then all this equipment has changed so much and, and you know, the mirrorless and the different things. And now even oh, yeah. the mics are easier, those DGI mics and the different mics. But it's like now finding where the volumes are for these mics and when everybody's talking, it's like, God damn, I got to redo the volume on that because it's, it's louder than I expected. And, and you can't... You know, honestly, that's why I ended up going to an actual... Um, a really decent 4k camcorder. Um, I, now that doesn't help me with stills, but for all the video stuff, when I don't have a guy like, like Chad or, or Mike around and I've got to record stuff myself, I, I got a couple thousand dollar freaking 4k camcorder. Cause like, honestly, it's a set and forget. And I can, I'm getting really good audio off it. I'm getting real good video off it. And I come back and it's just, it's just ready to edit. Yeah. Well, that's how mine are, except the only problem is, is our wind. Like we had crazy 15 mile an hour winds 
So now what happens is we talk louder when the wind's blowing. So I can cut the wind out and everything's good, but we're now talking louder and I'm not, I have to go into a different adjustment because mm-hmm. I'm actually mm-hmm. playing with two different cameras. And so my really good, like Canon, you know, does everything camera that one's good, but it's bigger. And so I've been running with the little one and I'm learning my little one set. The big one is totally fire and forget, but then I don't yeah. want to drag it around because I'm trying to do more camera movement. And so then it, it's like, oh shit, this other one I got to relearn because that one is set up and, and it's like, yeah. but it's, I'm not using that all the time for audio. I'm using the little one and I just moved it from, cause what it was is I was recording four channels and I only wanted two, so I'm like, okay, let me move it from here so it's not recording four channels. It's only recording two channels. And when I moved it, it's a completely different system, so I, had, I have to readjust that audio, and, it drove, and I'm like, I missed it when we were doing it, so it drove me crazy. I was like, God damn it. So yeah. I, I not, all I have to do is nudge it like 6 dB down, and I'm perfect, but it's still 6 dB, and it mm-hmm. clipped enough. I just put it into the computer. I lowered it and I can get it to like play, but you could still hear Chris crackling. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It gives you just a little bit of at the top end because it, it peaked, it clipped. Mm-hmm. So but, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all. And it's just a one damn camera, but fuck, we, with all the rain and all the, the weather, the range actually looks really good in video. It's like the colors pop. It looks really cool. And it's just, God damn, I got to get this audio right. <laughs> relearn it. And well, like I said, the vo- the wind came up and I turned off because what it was is when the camera would turn, you'd get sort of, I have the internal on for a backup a little bit just so I don't, right. right? And it was catching too much of the wind. And it was like, God damn, I got to turn that down now. So then I was playing with the lav mics and unfortunately I missed the change on that one lav mic. And that's the lav I used to capture yesterday. And so I'm like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, I had one. So that, that review I did on the, uh, on the SIG PRS rifle, that took me so long to get out. Cause we recorded a whole session and came back to, came back to, uh, to edit and all the audio on the camera recorded but none of the audio on the mics recorded. Yeah. And all the audio on the camera was trash <laughs> because it, you know, the camera was 10, 15 feet away from me and it was so damn windy. Right. That like, you know, that's just, just garbage. And, but the, the, the microphone, you know, which, you know, right here under my, you know, under my chin grabs great audio, mm-hmm. but um, I didn't realize that I wasn't actually recording. Yeah, we and we do the same thing. And what you're doing is you're catching the camera for safety and then you can sync the video up so it's yes. not usable. Yes. Like it's like it's but a for backup. syncing purposes it's great. Yes. And it's like it's a backup and it's for syncing because all I have to do is match this spike to that spike and I'm good and I'm syncing it up. And then yep. it's like but it's like you're saying it's not good enough to use by itself. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh man, this video is great, but the audio is shit. So that's how I feel right now. With what, so I'm gonna go play with it when we're done here. <laughs> yeah, that's why I ended up having to put a teaser video out because I was like, I keep telling everybody I got this video coming, and then not putting anything out. Yeah. And 
I was like, all right, I'm going to put a teaser video out there. So at least there's something, something for people to chew on. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, and that's what it is now. It's back to content. All right. What else you got uh, going on? Anything? Well, that video was actually, so yeah, actually let's talk, let's talk a little bit about uh, that SIG PRS rifle. So I, have you got to mess with one of those yet? No, no. Cause I've been playing with the Solus from Arrow. So I supposedly have a Solus, their, their newer version, the, um, you know, cause they put out their like competition one, but now they have their kind of one that's a little bit more hunting version. Yep. I saw that. Um, I have supposedly I'm going to have one of those coming. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that, but I've, I've had one of these SIG PRS rifles, the cross PRS rifle for the last year. And I just finished up my review on it. Um, and I was pretty stuck. I mean, you, you know, you remember what probably like two years ago in Texas, I had the cross, the, the original SIG mm-hmm. cross rifle. And I've been messing with those guns for a while now. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of a fan. I'll be honest. I know that they're a rip off of the Q or whatever that whole thing is. And, um, but you know, I think they've gotten a bad rap. A lot of people kind of talk trash cause it's, it's a SIG. Um, and it's not like a, super like gucci rifle um yeah but it's like a truck gun that works yeah it's a truck gun and it freaking works and like you remember at the at the uh at the texas match i won my class Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i ended up i ended up giving the trophy to the next guy because i just didn't feel right you know uh taking the trophy or whatever so i like i let that guy take it but i won my class uh at that match down there uh with that with that gun so i mean it works and then that gun I ended up letting somebody borrow it um, at a at the uh, the first NRL hunter that they had here in Georgia, and he won his class with it. And then it's funny because he won a rifle, he won a Daniel Defense rifle with it, but the Daniel Defense rifle was too heavy for him to compete in the NRL hunters. And so since he didn't have a gun that he could compete with, and he had to borrow mine, he he was like, "Hey man, um, when I get the Daniel Defense rifle, in, can I trade you?" <laughs> so I was like. Yeah, man, I'll, that's fine. So I took the Daniel Defense rifle. He took my Sig Cross, and I turned around and bought another one. Nice. <laughs> so I've actually I've owned three Sig Cross rifles now. Um, I've owned three of the or two of the original Sig Cross rifles, and then I got the PRS rifle. So I I spent a year with it, and um, and I and you know I, I, it's got its faults, but like I think it's from a production rifle for all the production competition rifles I've touched so far. And I'm not talking about these fake production rifles where it's like, Hey, this is a custom Mm -hmm. gun manufacturer who's just big enough to, to qualify as a, you know, they can, they can produce enough rifles to qualify as a as a production company. Well, they made their own rules. So yeah. (laughs) Right, right, right. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a true production rifle. Um, I think from a from a vast standpoint, it's the best one I've touched, by far, by nice. far. Nice. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I Sig does a good it. job. I don't have any drama with Sig. I think they do excellent yeah. with everything. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I've seen pistols break. I've seen, you know, I was there for the the, the modular handgun, you know, submission trial. Yeah, but it's volume. Kind of look at the volume. It's like, oh, right. there's a gazillion of them. It's like, well, right. yeah, they made a million of them, and you're seeing, you know, 5% break, so the number looks big. If they only right. made 1,000 of them and 5% broke, you'd never notice it. Right, exactly. And I, and I think that's something that, that people don't 
people don't take into consideration, but the people who are talking about the, 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 the however many percent that broke are the people with the loudest voices. And so that's, that's the part, you mm-hmm. know, that that's not taken into consideration, but, you know, from a really kind of, you know, from my standpoint, from my, for, you know, from my, from where I'm at, my experience, um, that rifle came with, you know, some of the best features out there. And that's why, I, I, yeah, I think it's worth noting is, so I, you know, one of the biggest things that, that I kept, I kept talking about with that rifle, this, the balance. Um, and that's just something that I think they, they nailed with that rifle. Cause I think me and you and Chris and a few other guys have really kind of started to pay attention to that over the last couple of years, that weight or that, that balance is more important than weight. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I mean, especially I when you look at the, 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 the variety of people, What's going to mm-hmm. work better across a wider variety is balance over weight. We know weight is stability, but not everybody can manage that. So balance mm-hmm. is going to give you a better experience for more people. Right, right. And, and my, so my gun was around the 18-pound range, and it was fully set up. So not a light gun, but not an extremely heavy gun from a competition-style rifle gun standpoint. But it was amazingly balanced, and I, and I didn't add a single weight to the gun. Nice, and and that's and that's the thing that I thought was really impressive. And and when you looked at the rifle and when you looked at the, the way they set it up, they did that intentionally. So the things that they changed on the rifle was they took the aluminum folding stock off it. They put a metal one on. They took and put a steel, or they, they put a they threw the aluminum one off, put a steel one on. They put a bag right around there. They put a grip. Uh, they put a metal insert into the grip, so you had the, the vertical grip, but then they put a weight inside of it. Um, they took the aluminum handguard off and put a steel one on. Um, you know, they put a longer handguard on there, and then they put the Arca rail was 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 a steel Arca rail, which I thought was amazing too, because most of your Arca rails are aluminum, and so what do they do over time? They nick, they burr, they wear out. You know, especially like I love the Area 419 with its little notches, so that way your, you know, your your bipod doesn't slip off the end of your gun. But I mean, I I start to wear those things out from yeah. sliding my bipods up and down the thing. Well, and that's why really so, right stuff did the dots underneath now the holes because right. the saw teeth. If you actually drop the rifle off of it or slide it, however they did it, you could break the saw teeth off, and the holes yeah. don't. So yeah, right. there's a there's a method to that madness. Yeah. So, I mean, they put a, they put a steel Arca rail on the thing. So that gun is, is incredibly balanced right off the bat. And so, I mean, they, that was the kind of things that, that SIG really thought about with their PRS rifle. Cause they were like, Hey, we're building a competition gun. Let's make it really, really good for competition with, and with guys like Dan Horner working for them now, you know, and giving them product insight, like, I think that's kind of where they came from with what they were thinking about in designing that rifle. And I think they did a really good job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I think there was things that they didn't do so well on the gun. Um, they put it I mean, the trigger felt like a gas gun trigger. Uh, it was two stage. I would have gone probably single stage. I know it's personal preference, but um, I think the trigger felt like a gas gun trigger. Honestly, the whole gun feels like a gas gun and it's ergonomics, which doesn't bother me, but 
Um, I, I think the trigger was kind of lacking. And then, like, accuracy, like, it was a one MOA gun, I was just gonna say, which is fine. The barrel's probably just an inch or and... Yeah, I mean, it was just, like, it, it, it was, it, it's like, dude, if, if we're talking competition guns, we expect better. I, I would and almost I could, think it's probably like the same style barrel as an RPR. So you're probably looking yeah. at the same degree of accuracy as an RPR because it's being mass produced in SIG. But you could swap them. I mean, why not just change yeah, it? Yeah, you can. And if they ever release a damn freaking uh, barrel shank on that thing, like, or the, uh, the uh, not the barrel shank, but the, it's, it's like a gas gun. I was going to say uh, extension. The barrel extension. I think you'll see a lot of, you know, like your, your proofs and stuff like that come out with, with aftermarket barrel offerings. Um, but I mean, that's the only thing though, is this is supposed to be a production gun. So if I swap the barrel, I no longer meet that production class. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that would be my only hesitation on that is like, I'd really still a stupid rule. I mean, barrels are extend expendable and and it's like, you can't change your barrel because now you're not in that class anymore. It's like, well, you can technically you can, but you have to replace it with a factory barrel. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's just the kind of thing that like, not that it didn't shoot. I mean, I, I shot the hell out of the thing. I shot it to extreme distance. It wasn't that it didn't shoot. It was just that, you know, when you start grouping, you want to group really small, really small groups on paper to prove yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it shoots. That's the part that. And then it's three quarters know. to an inch and you're like, Ugh, I just can't squeeze a half out of it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, but, I get it. I mean, what, you know, the, the way they balance the ergonomics of it, the fact that they did that safety and put a, put a thumb rest built into the safety, like that was just. I was like, I've never seen that before. Neat, uh, neat. I, I thought it was incredible. Yeah. So I thought it was a pretty cool gun. I I, I really liked it. And it's going to kind of be my travel gun for right now because mm-hmm. it's a folder and it's not incredibly heavy. And so I'm just going to spend some more time on it. I had fun with it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. What else but, you got? Where's your next class? Uh, we actually have one this weekend. So we got, we're going out to our new facility this weekend. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We got, uh, so it's, so that's that's kind of a, a misstatement. It's not our facility. Uh, Steel, still, it, the place is Steel City Precision. Uh, John Cuckler, he's been around for a while. He's, if guys have shot like um, uh, Mammoth Leopard Challenge and stuff like that, they've they've met John. He's he's been running his own matches for a few years or for a while there, and he was always traveling around, running them at other people's places, and then decided he didn't want to do that anymore. So a couple of years back, he bought it huge piece of property in central Alabama and he's been building a Mecca. I mean, honestly, this place is incredible. We can shoot out to 2,400 there. We can shoot in almost 360 degrees. Um, we've got probably seven or eight different places that we can shoot from, uh, different firing lines. And I mean, I posted a little video from it. We'll have some more stuff this weekend. We're running a PR one kind of course out there this weekend. And then we're going to do some night shooting and stuff too. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be really cool. I think this is going to be a new incredible spot. And the nice thing is, is John, John's real, real into the field matches and a real hunter type stuff and gas gun stuff. So we're not going to see, uh, honestly, we're not going to see a lot of that can drive stuff cause he doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. It's not Excellent. his thing. Yeah. And there's also not going to be 1500 instructors all teaching the same thing. There is going to be like us and maybe one or two other people rotating through there. And that's, that's about it. Cause that's, what that's not really what he's interested in doing is having a whole bunch of jabronis in there. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he, he wants to keep quality 
quality being the, the number one thing there. So um, it's, it's the place is incredible. We'll, we'll have you out there for sure. Uh, hopefully this, you know, this year, next year, whatever. And uh, you can check it out, but it's, it's, it's really cool. He's it's, it's like a playland out there. We're going to all be camping out there. Um, you know, bringing the campers and, and all that stuff. And I got a side-by-side. I don't know if you saw that, but bring the side-by-sides out there and just have a good old time. Nice, nice. Excellent. Yeah. Very so, cool, man. Yeah, that's pretty much it for us. All right. Yeah, we're just – I'm heading to Alaska tomorrow. I got class up there last the season for July, do our July cycle. Got like three classes, or I don't know, something like that. And then uh, we're back down and doing that, and then we're going to jump into the air rifle stuff. Chris and I are all kitted out. We went and got our tanks filled yesterday, day before. And so, uh, yeah, I saw it. It looks cool. They're super cool. We just, yeah, we, I, I'm taking a second to get it all prepped because I'm getting on the road in the holiday and all that. So I put it all together, put the scopes on it, um, got it all set up. We got our tanks, and now we're just kind of just, um, we're getting it sort of. He shot a comp, the local comp. The only thing we're trying to figure out is the local comp. Um, has a one stage is like a 30 shot string and the air rifles mm-hmm. can't manage a 30 shot string. Uh, so we, we were trying to look at a solution for that, but we were down on my range yesterday and we were driving through and I have an area that I'm going to use for 22 air rifle for like a little comp that I might do there. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of back and to the left behind us. And it's that it's like a, a canyon little thing, but it'll be like perfect for 22 and air gun. And so I, we're going to do something where it'll be, you know, those 10 to 15 shot stages that won't go beyond the air gun capability. But at the same time, we want to work the 22s and the air guns a little bit. Um, it's just cause you could do them everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, well, yeah, it doesn't have all the restrictions. of the Right. Them, right. So. And people's restrict. Yeah. So, I mean, little bit of money to get into it in the beginning but then once you're there like i ordered the pellet you know the slugs i'm not using pellets i'm using slugs i ordered the slugs even from like the czech republic and they came within like four days they showed up um so and they're not crazy money so i was able to get like a, a thousand slugs for you know pennies on the dollar and uh it, it, it they showed right up so yeah it's it's one of those deals so then after that it's $12 to put air in your tank. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Go to the dive shop right here, 12 bucks and guy fills it right up for you and you're ready to go. And then you could do whatever. And we're just going to run the two. Cause you do need, it's better that we could pair up cause you kind of need equipment to run it a certain way to compete successfully with them. But right. with two of right. us, two of us, we basically just share. And, and, and that's kind of, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to jumping into that kind of side of things, but yeah, we're, we're hitting it and we're getting ready for our stuff here so I can get off the road a little bit and do a little bit more here. So we're getting ready to do a couple more classes in Colorado and then kind of try to make next year be a little bit more home and a little less road. Yeah, I hear you. So yeah, that's what we're looking for with our new, with our new facilities. Yeah. Basically you want a home range and you don't want to travel, but we still have people here and there asking so we'll we'll deal with that on a smaller basis but at the same time you know i can control things here better and and it works better that way yeah totally all right man that was a great conversation good gear stuff everybody's there the cr2 supply cage i love it i've been using it 
And um, yeah. yeah, and so uh, appreciate the support. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, like I said, you guys are there for the cost, and and the it's there. You have it. It's just order it, get it. You're done. So appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, man. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, on the road when we get back or whatever. I'll run into you. I'm sure somewhere. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, all right, man. All right, stay on the line, and um, I'll get you when we're over this, but. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper podcast. Uh, go over to Sniper's Hide. We got the conversation in the forum. We also have lives that we've been doing every week. You can access the old lives in the Hide TV, which I will talk to you about that because now that it's fixed, I did find, for Chris, I did find the links and the shares and everything. So now all I have to do is send you a link and you pop right in. So uh, when we're getting ready to do lives after I get back from Alaska, we'll invite you in on the lives and show you just how easy to have multiple people from your own location in the lives with us. So that'll be cool. All right. We're out of here. Oh, that, was a- that was it. Now we're out. I'm going to just kill it. <laughs>